Welcome to Tea for Lunch, the show where we serve up the news that you need to know in 15 minutes or less. And before we get into our stories today, how's your week? It's going pretty good. You want to cheers? Oh, sure. That's cute. Cheers to Tea for Lunch. Cheers. We already had lunch, so it's our second lunch. <sighs> that is hot. I don't know how you drank that. Yeah, my week's going good. You're fine. Okay. Um, um, oh, yeah. Fellow. Fellow is the brand. I'm seeing some comments right. here. Fellow yes. Stag Kettle. And these are our vintage mugs that mm-hmm. we have at the office here. Usually we do the black ceramic ones, but changed it up this week. But yeah, uh, how's my week going? It's going pretty good. Fantasy sports are over, like I mentioned last week. So I don't know how many times I've just like ghost opened the app thinking I needed to check something um, and then just closed it in like a defeated kind of sad vibe. But um, I have been going to Reddit and just looking at some of the dynasty fantasy, fo- fantasy sports threads. So that's been holding me over. But I've also been binging Formula One. Yeah, you have. I'm now caught up, so I'm in the fourth season, which is the current season. Um, and anyone who hasn't watched the Formula One show on Netflix, you got to get on it. It's the drama we all need. It's pretty good. Yeah. I felt like it took me for a ride that one episode where he got into a crash. Spoiler to anyone who's not seen it, but he got into a crash and like all the flames went yeah, up. Yeah, Grosjean got in a crash. Oh, I was so emotional in that episode, and yeah. I half watch every episode with him like I don't really pay attention I'm usually on my phone that episode had me on the Sad. edge of my seat and then thankfully he was all good and then they had his wife on talking about him and then they had that like other race car driver that was like went from last to first so it was Oof. like a whirlwind of emotions like stressed Sad, crying, is this guy going to be okay? Relief that he's fine. Amazement that he survived that. And then like total awe and inspiration about this one driver who went from last to first. Here's the thing. You would have that roller coaster of emotions in every episode if you paid attention to all of them, the way you did with that. <laughs> I feel like I have that roller coaster of emotion in <clears throat> a lot of shows that I watch. I just get like emotional fast these days. Well, like I mean, even Bridgerton. A lot of the shows you watch are kind of like emotional terrorism. No, not a lot, just some. Like, Bridgerton is not emotional terrorism. It's just... Yeah, it's just over the top in general. <laughs> Anyways, um, should we talk about our honor- honorable mention as a follow-up to last week? Yeah, sure, but first, uh, if you're new here, every oh. week we'll come at you with the main story covering some sort of marketing angle, and then we're also going to be sharing some other pop culture news stories just so that you've got a, a nice, like, well-rounded palette of news that you need to know. We go live on Instagram every Thursday at 12.30 Mountain Standard Time, 11.30 a.m. Pacific Time, and 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. What uh, about can... Central Time? <laughs> I don't know. And then you can also listen to the replay on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Catch it tomorrow. Yeah, so let's talk about Elon Musk. Yeah, so last week we talked about how Elon had bought, I think it was like 9% share in Which Twitter. is the majority shareholder. Yeah, he's the biggest shareholder. In Twitter. The plan was for him to join the board at Twitter and start to like contribute to the decisions that they're making. And a big part of that was him hoping that they'd add an edit button, uh, which we had some dialogue on which last week. Which the CEO week. said that they would. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm head back to last week's episode and catch up if you haven't. But um, this week we found that he is no longer joining the board. And then a whole bunch of speculation came out about that on, on like why would he not join the board. And a big part of it was the assumption that maybe he'd want to completely take over instead of just owning 9%. Maybe mm-hmm. he wants to buy the whole thing. Obviously, not very many people would have the resources to do that, but Elon Musk does. Um, yeah, can you say it was like $43.19 billion to buy 100% of Twitter and make it private? 
Yeah, and Harry Kramer, who's a clinical professor at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management, was quoted as saying, if you want to take over a company, you're usually in a better position not, to, not being on its board. So then literally in the last like 24 to 48 hours, it was announced that Elon has the, every intention of buying Twitter outright for $43.19 billion, 100% share, and that's based on a recent SEC filing. Um, and Elon was quoted as saying, I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe, and I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. He said this in a letter to the company and then continued, however, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve the societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. So he wants to take it private and he wants to change it completely from top to bottom. So, I mean, as the CEO of Twitter, you got to be sweating a little bit. Oh my gosh. Imagine you're like, oh, I got Elon Musk as an investor and they be he believes in our platform. And then like two days later, they're like, oh, he wants to buy the whole thing. But okay, this is, might be a dumb question, but is Twitter not a public company? Like, I know it's an, it's like a publicly traded company. So it's, it is so public, it's public and he's saying it needs to be private in order for it to like... What's the benefit of it being private? You get to make the decisions as the With, own, Without as the accountability to shareholders. Less accountability, yeah. Hmm. Less bureaucracy. But then could you like build it to be even more profitable? Like business Not necessarily more profitable. It just like takes away some of the like hoops you have to jump through to make decisions. You'd still have a board. But he'd be able to more so handpick the board. He'd still be accountable to the board, um, but it just wouldn't be as much of like a public affair. I'm so curious what Elon Musk thinks is lacking from the Twitter platform in its current form. Yeah. That is not serving democracy currently. Well, if he's talking about free speech, I'm sure he feels like too, there's too much censor censorship happening. Right. Yeah. So that's so probably a big part of it. Crazy. Crazy. Bring back Donald Trump. Make Twitter lit again. <laughs> okay, let's Anyways. jump into our next story here. Uh, big story coming out of for all advertisers, and I think it's relevant to anyone else who's in this space. Uh, TikTok global ad revenue is set to surpass Twitter and Snapchat combined. Um, so TikTok is obviously a really big emerging platform. Uh, ad revenue is expected to triple this year to $11.64 billion from $3.88 billion dollars in 2021. That compares to 5.58 billion dollars for Twitter and 4.86 billion dollars for Snapchat according to the report. Which is insane. Like yeah. and and I it makes sense because users are growing like exponentially on Twitter. Um, but their ad platform, like we've been dabbling in TikTok advertising for our clients, their ad platform is actually really impressive. Like it's really specific. You can get so targeted. Which is like an answer to a problem that many advertisers are having with Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, and I think that there's even more places to advertise on TikTok than Facebook and Instagram, even despite the difference in user base. Like with Facebook <clears throat> and Instagram, you have lots of like you could do lots of placements, like I do stories or reels or whatever. But with TikTok, it's like basically one placement, which is the for you page. But because like it moves so much faster. Like the, your ad has way more visibility, cost per views is way lower. Like everything is cheaper and more efficient because people are using the platform for longer and they're going through more content. So you have more chances of being seen. Well, like it's not the same for Instagram where like people aren't spending as much time 
on the app and consuming as much content as they are on TikTok. Yeah, and I think also TikTok users don't have the expectation that all the content in their feed is going to be from the people they're following. Mm -hmm. Where on Instagram, people were trained early on that if you follow people, you're going to see their content. Right. It's not like that on Twitter, TikTok. We all expect to see content from people we don't know because it's content that TikTok tells us we want to see. Yeah, and we're like open to the algorithm because <clears throat> we trust the algorithm, unlike our trust with Instagram. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting. I'm excited to see that. Um, evolve, and I'm also impressed that like there's a, so much out of me coming in for Snapchat, like less than Twitter, but like I don't know, I, I haven't been on. Snapchat I've heard good things so about long. Snapchat. We haven't we haven't really used it much for uh, advertising for our clients, but from other people that do use it, especially for specific audiences, it apparently performs pretty well, and cost per acquisition is is mm -hmm. lower than Facebook and Instagram typically. I wonder um, who uses Snapchat now. Like, is I think it a lot of people. Mostly kids. No, I think there's like. There's adults on there too, for sure. Not our age adults. Yeah, younger older adults. even. Older? Yeah. <laughs> really? Hmm. We'll do some research. Um, but the other interesting thing about TikTok and their approach to social commerce outside of just purely their ad platform is also just how integrated creators are hmm. and how they match up creators with businesses so that it almost feels like advertising is more organic and personal. That's true. There's a creator marketplace that exists on <clears throat> TikTok and it, as an advertiser, you can like go and pitch campaigns to creators and like see their stats straight from TikTok yeah. and then like um, or you could do like an open casting and then creators can pitch themselves and include the budget and stuff like if that existed for Instagram if Instagram like created that like that would be so cool I mean yeah. it would put a lot of like agency platforms like out of business but <laughs> it's pretty cool that you can access all that if you're if you're wanting to advertise on TikTok. Yeah, which is also a way you can kind of get around like business accounts on TikTok don't get the same access to like music and trending sounds that uh, personal or creator accounts do. So um, if you are a business account on TikTok, that's one way to get around it is to just work with creators and then like and then put it. promotion or like ad budget behind their content. Mm -hmm. So then you're still accessing the trends, um, but you're able to put paid promotion behind it mm -hmm. and drive sales, traffic and sales. Yeah. Love to see it. <clears throat> but anyways, by 2024, uh, it's expected that TikTok's worldwide ad revenue could hit up to $23.5 billion, putting the app within reach of YouTube's $23.6 billion, which would mean both of them would have about a 3% market share in the, in the digital ad space, which is still small compared to Google and Meta, who have 30% and 21% market share, respectively. So uh, making big moves, but still a long way to go to catch up to Zuckerberg. I guess so. Um, our next story, moving on, is uh, Coachella related. So we talk about Kanye a lot around here. This is less about Kanye and more about The Weeknd because The Weeknd is taking his spot. Kanye pulled out from Coachella and The Weeknd slid right in to take his place. Um, but the interesting thing was that the Coachella organizers were trying to pay The Weeknd less than they were going to pay Kanye and pocket that money for, them, for their for the festival. So um, The weekend put up a fuss and demanded that he get paid equal to what they were planning to pay Kanye, otherwise he was going to pull out too. So they got the deal done. So he's getting $8.5 million to replace Kanye West at Coachella, um, and I believe Swedish House Mafia is going to be there as well for one of the other Kanye spots. But... I don't know, drama. Good job, like, The weekend for knowing your Yeah, he's your a good word. old Canadian boy. Yeah, and he also said, like, in the article I read, that he said that he would be willing to pull out of the, the festival within a day's notice, if needed, if he's not matched compensation to Kanye, which I think <clears> is such a 
like good move for him. Um, I've always wondered what artists get paid to perform at Coachella. Apparently, yeah. it's like eight point. What is it? Eight point five million. But I also saw it's like an additional million for production fees. That was for Kanye. Oh, eight, for Kanye. eight million plus a five hundred thousand dollar production fee, but they were going to pay the weekend like three or four million. Originally. Crazy. Yeah. He just made like a few doubled million up. dollars. <laughs> the boy doubled up for yeah, the weekend. Good for him. Weekend. And he's actually a good performer. Like, yeah. I was very skeptical when he did a Super Bowl performance because, like, how interesting could this be? But I was impressed. And then I forgot how many jams he has. Like, he has so many good bangers, and I feel like he'll put on a good show. Yeah, he serves them up. So it is a kind of a bummer. Like, if I bought Coachella tickets, which are so expensive, and I was expecting to see Kanye, like, I don't know if the weekend would, like, quench that thirst for me. Yeah, the thing is with Kanye, though, you don't know what you're going to get. It could be, like, the most epic performance of all time, or else it could just be, like, off that weekend. But it's almost like if you bought tickets because you wanted to see Kanye, you're, like, you're kind of, like, for down for that. Mm. Like, who knows if it's going to be, like, a gospel choir, or if it's going to be, like, a house burning <sighs> down, or if it's going to be, like, a rant from him. Like, you're kind of, like, down for the ride. True. So, but I'm sure, like, the weekend's going to put on an amazing show. And it's going to be a great weekend. So yeah. I'm excited to see all the content that's going to come out. This is the first year that Coachella is happening and TikTok exists. Wow. So it's going to be a lot of content. We're going to be seeing a lot of stuff from it. Sheesh. I'm ready. Watch Live vicariously through everyone else who's going. We only got like a minute left, so okay, let's, let's get that last this. story. This last story is a really important one. Mm -hmm. Rihanna is on the cover of Vogue, the May issue of American Vogue. What a queen. And she looks... Like, just so stunning. We need to have a moment of silence for her because she's just such a queen with her huge pregnant belly and, like, all this couture. And she was photographed by Annie Leibovitz, which is, like, an iconic photographer. And she did, like, this really beautiful interview. And there's lots of, like, video behind the scene. And she just, like, is out here setting unrealistic expectations for how women who are pregnant should be dressing, which I'm not mad about. I will never throw shade at Rihanna. I just think she does everything flawlessly. And I just love to see it. I mean, I'll be honest, and I'll, and some of the outfits I've seen her wear while pregnant, I'm like, Mincy could pull that off. No, what? Uh, get yeah. out of here. I think we should do a photo shoot. <laughs> and wear what hurt she wore? Some of them. Maybe I not all of so. them. I don't think so. No, not all of them. There's literally, like, she went to, like, I think it was, like, Fashion Week in, I think maybe Paris or something, where she was, like, literally just in, like, lingerie. You could pull that off. <laughs> no, Let's I'm go. Never do that. But it's a beautiful interview. You should check it out. And I just love that she's on the cover of the May issue, which is also the Met issue. Mm. Um, so I feel like she's going to show up to the Met in like a bomb, beautiful outfit. And it's just going to be a great moment for all of us to be able to witness it. I just am still so <laughs> stoked that she's with ASAP Rocky. Yeah, he's a cool, cool dude. Yeah, and I, I mean, she's doing great on her own, rocking up in these outfits. But then when they show up together, it's just that icing on the cake. Yeah, they just seem like a good match. They seem like they're homies, too. Yeah. They showed up to, I think it was Paris Fashion Week, and he was carrying this huge bag. And people were speculating that it was their, like, go bag for if she started <laughs> Okay, that is such labor. a stretch as if. <laughs> like, I think I hey, know I didn't come up with this. <laughs> it's like, I'm no. just, don't kill the messenger. Like, she just has, like, a robe in there and, like, her, like, maternity, like, underwear, like, diapers. Yeah, right. All right, cool. But I think they're cute together, and I'm excited to see them at the Met. Yeah, Gala. me too. Well. Now that we've wet your palate, go eat something more substantial. Thanks for watching.